0: Believe and become. Enjoy. Well, good morning again. We doing okay? Everyone doing good? Awesome, awesome. Uh, We are continuing our series this morning called "Replacing Religion." Uh, If you haven't been here so far, I encourage you to get the messages. You can get them on CD in the foyer. They're on our podcast. They're also on our website or on the church app. You can listen to them. You can watch the videos. We also, uh, you can replay the Facebook Live as well. I want to make sure you're caught up. The first week, we uh, defined kind of what religion is, and and we talked about the fact that we need to rethink the relationship. We need to rethink the relationship with God and make sure that we replace religion. Religion. There's a lot of "reason" there, but I think it works. Um, last week, uh, we answered the question: Okay, if we don't relate to God through rules, then how do we know how to act? We talked about the New Testament concept of walking in the Spirit, uh, and so I encourage you to get that. Um, this week, we are talking about you're on my team, and I'm going to explain what that means in just a little bit. But you guys know, like, team affiliation is kind of a big deal around here, isn't there? I mean, not everyone, like, has a team, but the people who have a favorite sports team, they are, like, rabid, right? Super into it. Um, This is kind of crazy. Just this week, um, someone gave me two tickets to the Florida-Georgia game coming up. And uh, I was going downtown Thomasville, and I parked and had to run into a store, and I put the tickets on my dash. And someone, while I was in there, I came back to the car. They had busted in the windshield. And they had put four more tickets on the dash. So who wants to go to that game? Now, the FSU fans, y'all don't laugh too much. Because all you got to do to get into one of their games is show your Cross Creek card. All right, that's it. I'm done with it. I'm done. I just had to. Okay. We're talking about the fact that you're on my team. You are on my team. And I want to define, take a moment and define religion for the purpose of this series, okay? Religion is man's attempt to reach God. Man's attempt to reach God. So we do this through systems, through institutions, through rules, through rituals. We do these things uh, almost as a spiritual panic attack. Based on fear where we desperately try to make God happy with us by doing the right things. And we're trying to somehow climb God mountain. We talked about that the first week. And and somehow reach God through our own abilities. But that's not what God has done for us. Christianity is God's attempt to reach man. And he has done this through his son, Jesus so, religion is our activity, but Christianity is God's activity. And believe me, his activity is much better. Now, religion's not always bad. It can produce good works, but it can never produce righteousness. It can never put you in right standing with God. So over the next three Sundays, I'm going to begin to look at what I believe are three pillars, three foundations that hold up the idea of religion. If religion is like this, this construct uh, that is that is needs to be replaced by a relationship with Jesus, we're going to look at three pillars that hold this up. And this morning, we're talking about the pillar of exclusion, exclusion or exclusivity. Um, for many... Your experience with church has been "keep out." It's been you can't sit at this table. Seat's taken. We don't serve your kind here. It's it's you can't sit here, right, Forrest Gump? Yeah, and so so that's been our. Are The way that we've seen church, for many of us who grew up in religious environments, we didn't feel accepted. Because exclusivity, exclusion, requires a them for us to hate. It requires someone to fight against. Exclusivity requires a wrong so that we can be right. Something to rally against. And unfortunately, many churches that are supposed to be operating under New Testament, Jesus-following guidelines, are not operating under that. And still, they're still under exclusive religion. I think we get it honest sometimes because the Old Testament and what you read in the Old Testament is very exclusive. The, the temple was an exclusive place. The place where people went to go worship was a very exclusive place. Only certain people were allowed in certain areas. If you were not Jewish, if you were a Gentile, you could go only on one or so of the porches outside, the, the areas that you could walk outside. And then only if you were Jew could you go inside. And even then, only the priests could go inside and the holy of holies. And, and, and so it was very exclusive. There were a lot of rules about who could be where at what time. It was exclusive. As a matter of fact, certain people, just because of their lot in life, weren't allowed uh, to worship sometimes. And this, this is a little weird, but people who had been castrated were not allowed to enter into the synagogue and worship, as if their life wasn't hard enough already. And so so we see a lot of exclusion happening. You you know Jews were not allowed to marry outside of their people group. It had to be their specific people group. And the reason was idolatry. The Lord was trying to keep that that group special unto him. You saw that Jews weren't allowed inside the house of a non-Jew. You you literally could not go into the house of a non-Jewish person. Um, When Peter uh, preaches to Cornelius... Uh, in Acts chapter 10, uh, he goes over to, to his house, and the first thing he says, which is maybe wasn't the best thing to say, was, I'm not even supposed to be in this house. I'm not even supposed to be here, because, because I am supposed to stay clear of people like you. And so it's very exclusive. Religion feeds on exclusivity. It's one of the main pillars that holds it up. The good news is that Jesus broke through the exclusivity of religion. He replaced it with himself. As a matter of fact, and and, and you might remember this, when Jesus was crucified, something very big happened at the temple. The veil was what? Torn. It was torn. Now, this was a veil. This was not like a thin curtain or something like this. This was feet thick. It was very thick. And it was the only way that the priest could go into the Holy of Holies where the very presence of God was. And only that person could go in. But when Jesus died, it's like God was just waiting for the seconds that he could be with the rest of humanity. And the veil split open supernaturally. And now we all can have a relationship with God. Amen? Amen. So I want to show you this morning... Three ways that Jesus replaced the exclusivity of religion. Three ways that Jesus replaced this exclusivity. Here's the first one. So Jesus died for everyone. Jesus died for everyone. Unbelievably, there are, there, there are, there are certain doctrines, and, and you'll hear preached every once in a while, that, that the, the, the atonement that Jesus paid for it was limited to only a few. But that's not what we see Scripture say. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. It says, He himself, Jesus himself, is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. When Jesus died on the cross, it was for everyone. It wasn't just for a select few. It just wasn't for people who were born into the right family or people who had the special knowledge of who Jesus was beforehand. No, it was for everyone. And we see this idea echoed all throughout Scripture. Some of those famous passages, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, everyone, that he gave his only Son. So God so loved the world, he died for everyone. One place in the New Testament, it says that Christ died once and for all. For everyone. The problem is, religion is always seeking to point out those who are on the outside to validate that we are on the inside. And so, we, so, in our fear, in our, in our self worth issues, in our desire to be known by God, instead of working to be known by God and knowing Him, we work to make sure that others are on the outside so we can compare ourselves to them. It's not what God has. For us. In Jesus, there's no longer a them. There's only us. There are only believers and potential believers. Luke chapter 9, 51 through 56 is, I think is a hilarious passage. Um, Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. We'll just pick it up here. It says, Luke 9:51, as the time drew near for him, Jesus, to ascend to heaven. Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. All right, it's, it's getting near the end, and so he needs to make his way to Jerusalem. He has to pass through Samaria. He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. Okay, just so you know, next to Judea, where Jerusalem was, was Samaria. And it was, they were super rivals. Okay, they did not like each other at all. And the reason was, is because the, the Jewish faith was very exclusive. Remember we talked about they could only marry from within their own kind? Well, the Samaritans were half-breeds. They, they were half-Jewish and half-pagan. And so the Jews didn't like them because they weren't, you know, pure-bred Jews. And the Samaritans hated them because they always felt inferior. And so there was a lot of tension between the two. Jesus had to travel through Samaria to get to where he was going. So he sent people ahead. And they say, no, can't sit here. We don't serve your kind here. But look at what the disciples say. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven and burn them up? <laughs> Jeez, guys, that escalated quickly. <laughs> well, they don't want us here, so you know What? Forget them. Let's just destroy them all with fire. Let's just destroy everyone, the women, the children, and your little dog too. Let's just get rid of them all. They're not for us. What does Jesus say? Jesus turned and he rebuked them. And they went to another village. Now, the New King James, King James, if you have that version of the Bible, it uses a different manuscript than some of the other ones. And it adds this line. It has this additional sentence. Jesus rebuked them and says, You don't know what manner of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before we get too harsh on the disciples, they have biblical precedent. You ever heard of Sodom and Gomorrah? You ever heard of the cities that rejected God and God actually sent messenger angels down and bad things happened? And what happened with them? They were destroyed by fire, fire and brimstone. They were destroyed. So the disciples were like, okay, Jesus, this Samaritan village didn't like you, and we don't really like Samaritans anyway. So, hey, I remember, you know what we should do is what God did once before. We should just totally destroy and decimate the town. Wouldn't that be awesome? But Jesus says, no, because I'm replacing the exclusivity of religion. I'm changing the way I want you to look at people who are on the outside. There are no longer outsiders so we can be insiders. And he changes their minds. Look, when you don't think heaven is for everyone, you're okay sending people to hell. We've got to train our minds to embrace the way that Jesus taught. And and to say, no, everyone... Everyone has the opportunity to come to Christ, even if I don't like them, (laughs) even if I don't always agree with them. Amen? The second way that uh, Jesus broke through exclusivity and he replaced it was that he covers all differences between people. Jesus covers all differences between people. Now, let me reference Luke 10 first. Luke 10, 25 through 37 uh, it's an interesting passage. So we actually referenced last week um, that all the Old Testament law is summarized in just two. And they aren't even the Ten Commandments. It's love God with all that you are and love people as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So this guy comes to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest law? And so Jesus, as he often does, he goes, well, what do you think? And the guy says, hey, I think it's love God with all you are and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, hey, you got it. That's right. You nailed it. That's awesome. What the guy should have said is, thanks, Jesus. What he said was, well, then tell me who is my neighbor? Scripture says he was trying to justify himself. In other words, he was trying to get brownie points because he had done such a good job at this. So he goes, well, who is my neighbor? Well, I'm glad he asked that question because Jesus then tells the parable of the good Samaritan. And, and, and as you remember from the story, someone is beat up by thieves on a road and, and the religious people all pass passing by, the people from their own group. The people, the, hey, you're like me. You believe the same thing as me and you live in the same city as me. And, but they passed this person by. But who stopped? Oh, it was the dreaded Samaritan, the half-breed, the people we hate. They stopped, that guy stopped and he helped the man who had been hurt. Afterwards, Jesus, he ends the story, he looks at the man and he goes, so who did the will of God? And the man said, oh man, you're gonna make me say it out loud. It was the Samaritan. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. In other words, everyone's your neighbor. If you are asking who's my neighbor? When it says, love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself, well, who's your neighbor? Everyone else besides you. That's your neighbor. That's your neighbor. The Apostle Paul kind of fleshes this out for us in Galatians chapter 3. Now, the end of this passage you're probably familiar with. It says there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. But leading up to that, it shows you why that's true. Check this out. It says this, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism— Have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Therefore, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He's saying, look, when you come to the Father through Jesus, you put on Jesus like clothes. And these clothes cover up any other clothes that you have. And you're now identified by your Jesus following, not what you previously were. I've got some volunteers to illustrate this. If you guys will go ahead and come up and stand on the stage. You know, we're all born into different families. We're all born into different countries, different situations. We we all look different ways. And so it's easy for us to just identify ourselves by what we do, who we are, what our choices are. And we say, well, you know, I'm I'm poor. Well, I'm rich. Well, I'm white. I'm black. I'm Republican. Well, I'm Democrat. And and all these different labels. What they do when we wear these distinctions is they separate us. And so, what you want to do is you want to begin to congregate with people who are like you, because you're wearing you're wearing that um, you're, you're wearing that label. And you become identified by that label. But what we're called to do is we're called to instead put on a Jesus jersey. Y'all pass those down. We're going to put on our Jesus jerseys here. And we are going to cover all these different labels that we label ourselves with, that the world tries to put on us. And we say, no, I follow Jesus now. It's all about him now. Now, notice something. Notice something what you were is still under there God's not asking you to change everything about your life you can't change your race I mean Michael Jackson tried but <laughs> you can look you can be born to who you were born to you can believe the things that you believe as long as they don't come, you know, contradict the word. It's okay for you to be who you are. But the key is that we all put on the Jesus jersey and that we all now congregate together based on that label, not on the other labels. See, we prioritize the Jesus label above all other labels. Amen? Y'all give him a hand. Thanks for the, the help. Come on, put on Christ. Put on your Jesus jersey. Be identified by that and that alone. Don't separate yourselves based on everything else. It's all about your identity in Jesus. The third thing I want you to know about Jesus replacing exclusivity of religion is this. Other Jesus followers are on our team. Even when we disagree with them. I'm going there. Because I know, I know, we, we believe different things. We think different things. Well, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, I don't like it that way. I don't like the songs they sing. I don't like how they do stuff. But if they're a Jesus follower, if they've got their Jesus jersey on, they're on your team. And we have to begin to work together to see the kingdom of God come to earth. Luke chapter 9, 49 through 50. Again, Jesus is dealing with the disciples. John says to Jesus, Master, We saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he isn't in our group. That's what he says. But Jesus answered, don't stop him. Anyone who's not against you is for you. It's so funny. See, John had prioritized our group, our clan, our vision, our tribe. He had prioritized that. Over the work of the ministry. I mean, this person, whoever they were, evidently had an encounter with Jesus. Wasn't hanging out with this specific group, the, the 12 disciples. And there were more than 12. There were lots. And they were, they were off doing other things. They were doing good things. People were getting delivered. But John didn't see the ministry that was taking place. He just saw that it wasn't done my way. And so Jesus had to correct the disciples. And say, no, 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 no. We don't stop people who are doing good ministry, even though that's even because just because it's unlike how we would do ministry, right? And we've got to hold the Jesus jersey again over any other distinction. And look, there are lots of churches around. And look, I don't agree with everything every other church does, I don't agree with that. I teach what I believe is true according to the word. I wouldn't teach it if I didn't think it was right. But for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of seeing people get right with God, we lay those differences down. If they've got their Jesus jersey on, they're on our team. They're on our team. And we have to act like that's true. So you get to, you don't, so you get to say, hey, you're on my team. You're on my team. You do this. I don't do it that way, but you're on my team. You're on my team. Look. Exclusivity has to go. The exclusivity of religion has infiltrated our churches, our Bible study groups. It's got to go. We have to be intentional about standing up to this religious pillar that props up religion over relationship. And we've got to say, no, we've got to take an axe to it and chop it down. It's got to go. It's not the heart of God. Matthew chapter 22. Verses 1 through 10, I'm going to summarize it for you. You can go back and read it. It, it, Jesus tells a parable about a king whose son is getting married. And so the king has set up this huge wedding feast. And he's invited, like all the well-known people and the the people whose name you would want to drop. And, And he's invited them to come to this wedding feast. And so he sends out his servants to go let them know. And some of the servants, you know, just ignore. I mean, some of the people ignore the servants Some of the people make fun and ridicule the servants. And even some of the people, the well-to-do, they actually kill some of the servants. And and, and the king finds out, and he's furious. He's like, man, I've invited you to this wedding feast. And you didn't come. He goes, you know what? That's fun. I'm going to go into the streets, into the alleys. I'm going to find the lame, the blind, the broken, and I'm going to invite them. And they show up. As a matter of fact, another version of this parable in Luke, it says that the servants um, are are filling the hall with the people and, and report to the king and say, hey, we're still not full. And so the king goes, okay, I want you to go outside of our city, to the highways and the byways, to the country area, to the people who are not of our own clan. I want you to invite them. Because what was the goal of the king? He wants to fill the room. He wants to fill the room. And, and it's not only those whose name you recognize that he's inviting, he's inviting each and every one of you. It doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter where you came from, he is inviting you to the wedding feast. Tiff and I will be celebrating our 20th anniversary in October. Bless her, <clears throat> Bless her Lord, indeed. <laughs> we got married in Birmingham, Alabama, which is where she's from and where I was living at the time And uh, we obviously, we had, being from Thomasville, had a lot of friends and church family and people like that that wanted to come to the wedding And so one of our friends uh, drove from Thomasville to Birmingham to come to our wedding It was Friday night, it was the rehearsal dinner and, um, and he was trying to, this is before GPS, right? That's how old we are. And so he's reading the map, trying to figure out where he's going. He's going the wrong direction. He's like, oh, no. Now, this friend of ours, how shall I put this? He was a huge redneck. Um, so he's got the big truck, the gun rack in the back, right? So he's going the wrong way, realizes it, and he does what every good monster truck owner in the South does. He just cuts through the median, right, on a major highway in Birmingham, Alabama, And, of course, a cop sees him (laughs) and pulls him over. And he's like, oh, no. And so now you need to know something about Alabama. It was during football season. Everyone loses their ever-loving mind, okay? They lose their minds uh, from September to December in the state of Alabama, okay? And so what you would expect to hear from a police officer at this point was license and registration. But what this guy heard was, so who do you root for? Now, in Birmingham, you're about an hour to an hour and a half from both the University of Alabama and Auburn University. And so it's about split in half as to, you know, who this guy wants you <laughs> to be a fan of. And this guy knew this. He was an FSU fan, but he wasn't dumb. He knew he couldn't say, well, I'll root for FSU. That would not have helped him in the situation. So I think a uh, really smart decision. He says it's a huge lie. But he says... I don't keep up with college football. I don't, I don't root for anyone. And the guy got off with a warning. <laughs> he got off with a warning. But he was headed to a wedding feast. And the authorities were trying to make him jump through hoops. You've got to agree like I do in order to make it there. Guys, why would we work against the wishes of the king? By making it difficult for people to come to the wedding. Come on. look, th- This is messy. It's easy to nod our heads right now. And to say yes Lord that's right. I believe. But here's the deal. That means that people who are not like you. Who do things that make you uncomfortable. That you're not totally sure of. That means that they are your family. And that means there are going to be times. Where you're like. "Ah, oh, You might need to temper what you do for their sake. But here's the thing. We love people because Christ told us to love them. We don't love them just because we like them. As a matter of fact, if you only love someone because they're like you, you don't love them, you love you. So we've got to intentionally make a point to say, hey... Exclusivity has to go. Yes, it will be uncomfortable at times. Yes, it will put me out of my element. I won't know what to do at this point because I'm not used to this. That's okay. This is the kingdom of God. It's not your kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's his kingdom. And my question to you this morning is this. Are you willing to replace religious exclusivity with true Christianity? This is the heart of God. This is why he did what he did through Jesus. This is why he sent his son to the cross on your behalf to die, to spill his blood so that you could come near to him. This is what it's all about. I want to challenge you this morning. That we don't let the religious exclusion get in the way of us loving people into the kingdom. Let's stand for prayer. I always think it's appropriate for us to respond to the Lord when he speaks. And so I want to give you an opportunity. I'm going to let you go in just a second, but before I do, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you, under your breath, in your own words, this is you and God, I want you to ask yourself, am I helping prop up religion by embracing exclusion? Am I operating in an exclusivity? Or am I learning how to offer grace? Am I learning to recognize that the Jesus jersey trumps all other labels? Come on, just ask the Holy Spirit right now. Where are you? How are you doing? Be honest. Let him speak to you. I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to lead you in a prayer where You commit to the Lord to the best of your ability, empowered by his grace, that we live life this way. If you will, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. You didn't require perfection before you saved me. You saved me first, and now you're working with me. So I apply that same grace. That you've given me to everyone else. I don't want to embrace religious exclusivity. I recognize the cross of Christ was for everyone. Not just for me. And that Jesus covers all differences between me and other people. And I also commit to play on the same team with other Jesus followers, even if we don't agree on every little thing. I make my stand against exclusivity. Show me the people you want me to minister to, and I'll do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.